ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly video game podcast releasing every Thursday. I am your host, Alex Stadnick, and as always, I'm honored to be joined by the illustrious Alex Van Aken. Hello, sir. Hello. Thank you for having me, Alex. Excited to be here. I'm ex- We're only a few weeks out from doing this in person, and I Ooh. cannot wait. I cannot wait to get out of this box, <laughs> this four-walled prison. It's going to be phenomenal. The highlights of my day are like going somewhere else to see you and the idea mm-hmm. of like having an office. I Yeah, we could do all <sighs> of our meetings over Discord, but I refuse to at this point. <laughs> yeah. So now that, you know, numbers are going down, I'm like, all right, let's get back out there. Go to the let's go to the coffee shop. So yeah. uh join us each episode alongside a rotating cast of GI editors and new friends from around the the industry as we bring you the latest news, reviews, and big man swag your eyes and ears can handle. Uh this week is a special one. Because we got we got to talk about Horizon. I've been dying to talk about Horizon. Let's get into it today. We're also going to discuss um, the unfortunate news about the Nintendo eShop on the 3DS and the uh, the Wii U. But first, let's introduce today's panel. You know her, you love her, the K star herself, the one and only, the reviewer of Horizon. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great. I had a lot of fun with Horizon uh, the last week, week and a half, two weeks maybe. We got. We had a lot of time to explore that game, which I appreciate. Yeah, so. everybody in the office but me got code for the game. So, oh, are you serious? What did, what did you a... do? What did you do? To... He I don't know. <laughs> he didn't speak up when we asked if they wanted code. Oh, I raised my hand. Heaven forbid somebody takes a vacation day around here. Yeah. You know? You're killing these <laughs> balls. This is the consequence. Yeah, I just I don't think the man was paying attention. Also, we are joined by new Game Informer staple. The man, the li- the myth, the legend. You know him, you love him. He hasn't met a chicken wing he doesn't like. Greg Miller in the building. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you guys? I am. I'm so good. I'm happy we could finally make this happen. We reached out to you in like probably August of last year, something like that, yep. to to coordinate it. And then you're like, "Nah, I'm having a kid." I was like, "Let I'd me pencil you in. Let me pencil yeah. you in." It's such a. I have such a crazy schedule. Being a I'm kid such is, a an, is a good reason, yeah. right? A kid's yeah, a good yeah. reason to be like. Well, that was the thing. It. Is like you guys were originally. Yeah, we, we hit up in August. You're like, what about like late September, early October? <laughs> like that is that is the splash zone. We want to travel around. <laughs> and it's not a good time, but maybe later. Yeah. Um. So we're very happy to have you now. We were thinking about uh guests to have on for this Horizon chat and. Uh, your name popped to the top of the list. So uh, not your first GI show, but if it's been a long time since you've been on. So uh, let's let's remind the audience who you are, right? You know, the, the sure. founder, co-founder of Kind of Funny. Do you want to talk about kind of your journey through the industry, you know, going through sure. starting at this indie site named IGN? Sure. Yeah. This little website called IGN, you probably don't know. It went away after a while, uh, after I left. Uh, no. Yeah. I, you know, this is my 15th year in the video game industry covering video games. You know, I uh, grew up uh, in the fourth grade. I had an issue of GamePro on the cover was Death and Return of Superman. On the inside was Maximum Carnage. And I said, I want to do this with my life. And I worked to make that happen. Got a degree in journalism, ended up going out to IGN 15 years ago, almost, almost to the date. It was the end of February where I started. Uh, and was lucky enough to get put on the PlayStation team there and kind of make my name uh, covering PlayStation games and PlayStation news for about eight years there before me and my friends splintered off and started something called Kind of Funny, which is, of course, a YouTube podcast empire. I don't know what you call it anymore, but empire. it was four really, best yeah. friends hanging out in a spare bedroom, and now it's you know 11 full-time people spread across the world hanging out in their bedrooms thanks to the pandemic, but about to have a world-class studio, uh, you know, a number of uh, infinite number of scenes 
seems like of independent contractors and then collaborators who come on to talk about video games, movies, comics, and everything else. Perfect. Yeah. What do you? It's so you you've been in this industry 15 years. I know we had a lot of people on staff too who have also been on through the decades and stuff. I'm curious, like. What do you think has changed? What have you liked that's <laughs> changed? What what haven't you liked? Like that kind of stuff. I mean, what I think you say stuff like that. I'll tell, I'll answer your story with a long winded story or your question with a long winded story of like you know my father is a construction worker in Chicago, right? And for years, not for I would say the first year I worked at IGN, he would come on the phone where I was goes, and how's the magazine? And I'm like, well, it's not a magazine. Dad. It's a website. And uh, it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so he doesn't really understand our world. And so on the car ride, he came out to visit and meet his grandson for the first time at Christmas. And on the car ride to the airport, he was asking me, he's like, you know, finally started, finally, after like a week of being here, like, talk to me about video games a little bit. He's like, what's the next big thing? And I was like, I have no idea, dad. And that's the coolest thing of like, we can all sit here and we can all, I remember years ago when it was going to be, uh, well, VR seems like everybody's getting in. Clearly, that'll be a bigger thing than, it's going, <laughs> than it turned out to be. Yeah. And the same thing of like, oh, I remember, you know, what, 2007, be like, oh, man, consoles, they won't be around for long. We're moving to a PC platform, a unified thing. It'll be gone. It'll be one thing. Like, the change is the craziest thing, that it is constantly evolving and constantly changing. And it's always video games but what that means is cha- changes so drastically and you know you, you you made a comment about you know me being a game informer and being through a few a, a few different shows like i, I i'm rec- these posts out of order but i just did the uncharted 3 episode right of yeah. uh, ben and marcus's show mm-hmm. and even going back to look at uncharted 3 a game i gave a 10 at ign i know contentiously but it gave a 10 at ign <laughs> yeah. and like watching the cutscenes and like re- looking at my review i'm like man like even for a game that I thought was the pinnacle then, like you look at how far we've come now. And I mean, especially coming off of Horizon Forbidden West, just a game that is so visually stunning and, you know, the score and the the plot and the, like everything. I, I can't wait to talk about Forbidden West. But like the fact that everything changes is what keeps it interesting and keeps it fresh and keeps, I think, so many of us around, right? And the fact that like, even now, 15 years later, you know, I got hired to uh, run the PSP IGN pages and review PSP <laughs> games. PSP, <laughs> and so God. things have drastically changed now that I just talk for a living. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I uh, I know uh, Kind of Funny has definitely impacted Alex's journey through this industry. I know it impacted mine. Um, you know, is that what do you think of your the legacy you're kind of leaving, right? And and the community that you've you've built around uh, Kind of Funny. <laughs> Uh, I think it's too big to wrap my head around. You know, mm-hmm. that's the thing where I think, and you guys know it too, right? Like, especially uh, know it, where, where we are right now and smell it. It's review season, right? The leaves are changing, as Blessing <laughs> yeah. would tell you. Like, uh, we are an industry, and especially our side, the enthusiast press, right? That is always moving forward. And, it, it, you know, it's that thing of, if you ever watched The Program, you know, this is a dated reference, but if you ever watched the movie The Program about, like, uh, James Caan running a, a college football program, right? And yeah. it opens with the him starting the season and then closes with them ending the season. And it's the same thing, of a, the same conversation at both sides of it. Of, like, they're on to the next thing. He just won the national championship, but it's on to the next thing. So, yeah. for us, it was, like, we're reviewing Dying Light. Dying Light's done. The review's up. It's doing great. Cool. Breath. All right. We're all on Horizon. All right. Horizon's yeah. done. Boom. Breath. When are we getting Elden Ring? All right. You know, like, like that's how this industry moves, and it has moved for 15 years for me. 
So it's rare you get that chance to look back. And for kind of funny, it really is usually our anniversary. Our kind of funny day is, you know, in January, typically uh, this year, because of the pandemic, we're getting ready to open a brand new studio. Actually, we're getting ready to open a brand new studio this year because of the pandemic. It's delayed a little bit. So we actually delayed kind of funny day. But that's usually when you get to look back at least the last year. Mm -hmm. And so when folks like you or Alex, the other Alex, (laughs) uh, sit there say that I inspired you on your journey or stuff like that. It's crazy because I don't feel old. Like when I say 15 years, when I bring up a game I reviewed and blessings, like I was in middle school and have no idea what that is. It's like, oh God, you know, like that hits me. But it's more the fact that, you know, when I, there was a PAX East before it all went bad, like probably 2019, where it seemed like that was the year that everybody who had listened to me in junior high and wanted to do this got a press pass for the first time. Cause everyone who stopped me at demos was like, I have this because of you. And that's inspiring and awesome and incredible. And it's, you know, not what I expected. I guess, you know, the fact that I'm able to have hung in here this long and still have an audience and have now a, a company, right? And have brought on the next generation of people to make cool content and make uh, awesome stuff and make those memories for the people. Like that speaks to it, but it's still, you talk about a legacy. I don't think about it that way, even though I guess I do have one, obviously, as people, I, you know, the kids who are referencing things I said on a podcast beyond in 2010, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, like yeah. that exists and that's awesome. But I'm glad that, you know, even the people that just heard a video game review and got the impression that I liked a game and then they liked it, that's great. Let alone the people who, you know, when I we went a couple of years ago back to Mizzou, which is my alma mater, and did a video there and did a couple things. And, like, we held a meet and greet. And then they pulled the kids aside and, like, you know, what does Greg mean to you or whatever? And, like, every one of those people that was at that meet and greet that went to Mizzou was like, oh, I'm here because of Greg in some way. Like, I'm here because of, I want to get into journalism. I want, I need to need school. And, like, I bawled watching that because that's not, you know, you make these references to where you went to college and talk about how much you liked it and how it influenced my journey or whatever. I don't ever think that, that would then inspire other people to go do it. It's like, it's a lot to wrestle with. And I don't. So I don't yeah. <laughs> like I just keep making cool yeah. content and try, keep trying to be a really good person. And keep, yeah, yeah. Keep learning and evolving and changing. And, you know, I think. One of the reasons I've been able to hang in there so long and, you know, uh, be popular is I'm not the best video game player by any stretch of the imagination. Many would tell you I don't have the best video game opinions. Uh, <laughs> it's just the fact that, like, I come from a good place, I think, with it, right? Like, all I want to do is talk to my friends about video games. Every time mm-hmm. I do a review, and that goes back at writing them at IGN or now just talking about them, it's just me trying to talk to my best friends on their couch. You know what I mean? Talking yeah. to my basement uh, to Poe, my best friend, about video games. And mm-hmm. that connects with people. And then the content we make around that is it spires out from video games of the cracks in my life of, you know, knowing uh, stories about my son or my wife or my dog or whatever. Like it's one of those things that I think people come to us as comfort food because it is, you do have then no matter where you are, whether you're having a good day or a bad day, whether you've moved to a new city or you want to celebrate something at the end of the night, you can turn on this show and you know, you're among friends. Mm, for sure. Yeah, right. I mean, I think that's a hell of a legacy, personally. But uh, stop saying uh, like I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the legacy we, you talk about when I'm gone, when I'm retired, wherever he may be. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no. we did have a listener question today. That I don't know if we put it in the show, and it was like, "When are you gonna die?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> it was hell? what's your what's your life uh, percentage at, or something like that. Your what's life your completion oh, I percentage. Completion I was like, yeah. hopefully like twenty percent. Yeah. Well, no, there was. I don't know if you actually are you gonna actually do it. You think? 
Uh, I mean, now that we brought it up, we can. I don't know. We well, can, I just yeah. I want to toss out that he had they, or they had put something in there. I was trying to scroll back to it, uh, yeah. and it was like, uh, yeah, you know, what's your life? What's your life? What are your side quests? I'm currently on a side quest right now, and it was before I got the the topic implanted in my head. But yeah. I'm on a real life side quest right now, and it's the craziest thing. Where uh, last night I came home, I went and saw the Uncharted movie full review youtube.com slash kind of funny momentarily <laughs> and uh i got here and you know we had our nanny here nanny had already left but jen was catching me up on the night and she's like yeah but like we can't find any of the pacifiers and we have so many pacifiers for my son so many pacifiers <laughs> we can't find any of the pacifiers so she's like keep your eye out and so today while i'm taking care of him putting away clothes getting dressed i'm seeing them and i'm picking them up and it's that thing of like i literally see like the side quest like getting checked off of like find it in the little bit better 25 exactly exactly yeah. that's the only problem i wish i knew how many i was looking for it's just question marks but yeah. i found five already and i'm feeling really good there we go wait how many pacifiers do you need for a child a lot Apparently. the real question is how they lazy do you want to be oh i see because it, okay. it's the more you have the less dishes you have to do do we need the amount of bottles we have? Of course not. But do I want to be doing bottles every night? No, I don't. Absolutely not. Okay. Cool. Well, cool. Thank you for the the, the mini interview there. We'll get into the rest oh, of the rest of the show. I so. love talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, let's talk about let's talk about Nintendo, shall we? Maybe not the best news for uh, no. you know fans of uh, retro gaming and keeping their collections together, mm -hmm. but. Late last night, uh, Nintendo uh, tweeted out in the the sicko hours, making sure people were you know mm -hmm. looking for pacifiers and not paying attention. It was seven p.m. Um, Alex. Was it? <laughs> was it? Live. Yeah. Hey, that's oh, well, that's man. seven a.m. your uh, seven p.m. your time. That's still when you yeah. send out a press release. To <laughs> yeah, when nobody's yeah, at exactly. their keyboard. Yeah, I was at the Wolves game. I wasn't paying attention to that. So. Yeah. Um, uh, Nintendo will end eShop purchases for Wii U and 3DS next year. This is from the Newshound, uh, Wes LeBlanc. Um, who uh, Greg West wanted to relay? Um, oh, what did he? Uh, he wanted to remind you of the article where he burned you uh, so many months back. I don't know Never if you remember that it. at all. Never no, heard yeah. of it. Don't even know yeah. you're talking about. Not the one where I was the unnamed fan. He couldn't mean that. He couldn't mean <laughs> no, that. No, not that one. Yeah. Um, let's see. So uh, Nintendo has revealed that eShop purchases on the Wii U and 3DS will uh, come to an end next year. More specifically, it will no longer be possible to make eShop purchases on these two consoles after late March of 2023. A blow to digital game preservation, uh, once this goes into effect, the only way to purchase games on both the Wii U and 3DS will be physically. And if previous digital storefronts shut down, like uh, uh, like this are any indication, those physical game prices are about to skyrocket. It will no longer be possible to download free content, including game demos. Uh, Nintendo wrote as of March or so as of August 29th of this year, it will mm -hmm. no longer be possible to use an eShop card to add funds to an account in the Nintendo eShop on Wii U or 3DS family of systems. However, it will be possible to redeem codes until late March 2023. So it's like it feels like. I don't know why they would cut those off different at different times, right? But it's like you need to pay attention to that August date of this year because if you want to make any purchases, like you got to do it in the next couple of uh, months. Yeah, so, that th um, this news is it sucks, especially yeah. for a company that has as much money as Nintendo. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it. I don't know. I guess we are what six years, five years into the Switch. Mm -hmm. God, yeah, this is the fifth year of the Switch coming up in March. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess for the Wii U, it makes more sense than the 3DS, but there are so many 3DSs out there. I'm surprised that they are willing to also just shut that down cold turkey um, as of next year. But uh, I think I think this news is not 
as much of a disappointment if they cure if nintendo themselves curated games better on the current platforms right Mm -hmm. you know we do have switch online we do have uh, access to super nintendo games nintendo games and now the n64 games but it's like there's still so many holes in that that library where it feels like and and especially too like i look at like when metroid dread came out last year right everyone wanted to play the gba games to get caught up right and it's like yo you got like four hundred dollars to buy not only an old game boy but like also the cartridge like good luck and that sucks for people who don't want to use emulators right who want to like you know do the real experience (laughs) yeah exactly so um two months ago i bought what did i buy minish cap and Pokemon Fire Red, it cost me $180. Holy Lord, games. you better expense that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Kim, I don't know, are you, I know you love the old JRPGs, right? Like, what do you make of this? Like, are you disappointed? Is this kind of a nah thing for you? Uh, I'm not surprised because it's Nintendo and I figured this was coming um, at some point. And it, you know, as we talked about, the Switch has been out for a while. I think what still bothers me is that, like, I wish Nintendo figured out a better way, as we talked about, just to, like, if you own one of their retro games, like, Earthbound, like, I don't want to keep buying Earthbound every time it comes out for a new... I love Earthbound, and I I, I do it, and I maybe I'm part of the problem here. With it, but, like, <laughs> if you would stop thing, buying it, they might figure I, it out. <laughs> I know, but it's like, I, you know, just have to rebuy some of these things so you can have these classic games over and over again um, when it's like, you know, or I have to go get out this old system and play it. Like, I just wish there was better ways that they connected that or at least like had some some program or something that helped with that. Because as I do, like I said, I will I look at how many times I've bought certain games and I'm just like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, yeah. But it's like, I'm going to want to play that like on the go portable. I think that like as, as Alex discussed, the 3DS is a little bit more surprising because i think a lot of people still actually use their 3ds's um especially if you're not switch owners and you want a good like portable system but as as an rpg fan especially some of those niche rpgs those prices are just gonna go up Mm -hmm. and that's always been the difficult part if you don't get things right at release sometimes you will end up paying a lot of money a lot yeah Greg, how about you? Does this are are you gonna are you clamoring to the eShop now? Are you gonna try to buy up all these things? Do you already have like a, a decent Wii U collection? Oh hell no, I hate the Wii U. The Wii U is <laughs> a terrible system. Good riddance. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. they're getting no. Uh it's it's a weird one, right? Because when is the right time to do something like this? Like this is inevitably going to happen to these online stores, especially the ones that aren't moving forward, right? Like we can look at to Xbox, right? And talk about backwards compatibility and talk about how deep that library is and that they're a platform. So you're not as worried about something like that happening. And then you can go to the opposite side there of PlayStation in terms of Xbox PlayStation, right? And see when PlayStation tried to pull this. This didn't. This wasn't that long ago, right? Where they were like, you know what? We're shutting down PS3 and Vita stores. Yep. Everybody rebelled, and Jim Ryan's like, you know what? We will keep them open. We <laughs> heard you. We're sorry. Yeah, yeah. We're still going to close the PSP. That's dying. But everything else will stick, <laughs> stick around. Yeah. And so it gets into this sticky situation because I'm a, a guy who, uh, you know, for over these 15 years has stumped for digital games. I love digital games. I, I'm not 
a collector and I was in my you know, youth. And then when I started moving and then when I definitely moved to San Francisco <laughs> to live in smaller places, I was like, you know what? I don't need the physical statues anymore or the box copies on my shelf. I'd rather have it all be digital. But this is then the downside that eventually those stores will close and then you're into a place of, okay, it's scarce. And like, I, I'm one, I'm somebody who in this argument, I can argue myself all the time where it's like, okay, cool. Well, if you own the games, you can still download them. It's not like they're gone. It's not like they're, you know, gone. Sure. But what about new people? And then, okay, well, if a new person dropped right now and they wanted to play something on the Sega Genesis, granted, let's take away ROMs. Let's take away in, 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 uh, certain games that aren't on, you know, the system or, you know, digital systems already. They'd have to do that. And then it's this thing. Well, isn't that for scarcity? If you can put the game out anyway, why? Well, and then you go to do do. And it's this whole thing of like, okay, cool. You argue that like, basically this is an inevitability for every digital platform that, it's going to go away in some regard and you're going to have to either have bought it already or move on to a new thing or be like, Kim, and buy it everywhere you can as it comes through. <laughs> yeah. And so I think what's interesting about this argument is what you've already brought up. The fact that like, sure, I personally, the Wii U has been dead to me since pretty much it came out. <laughs> but for the 3DS, yeah, a lot of people still do use their 3DS and are active on that platform. And this is a, you know, great, and I'm using it, I'm using air quotes so you can see me. Great move by Nintendo to then be like, all right, cool. Well, maybe it's time you came over to the Switch. If you're still so into your 3DS, maybe you should <laughs> yeah. check out this other handheld we have that yeah. maybe you haven't purchased. <laughs> right. Yeah. But is it too soon? Is it too early? I don't know. It's it's mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. another great way to push up your financials too. Of like if you want these games, get in there and buy them right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I think it makes um I think coming back to it, uh, circling around to it, it, it does make sense that this is happening, but if, cause I think a lot of people view that Wii U library as like the best place to get some of those Game Boy games and other, other 100%, you know, 100%. spots to, to get it. So it's like, I would have loved for Nintendo to be like, yeah, we are closing this, but you know, look forward here's our new, to here's our new system. Here's our new exactly. platform in that system. Here's our new application on the switch that'll allow exactly. you to get that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. That's, that, that's the right way to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to imagine that's coming, right? Maybe this is a step in that, but it's like, dude, I, like I don't know, dude. Nintendo, you know, I know. And, I know. Yeah. WND's <laughs> weird Nintendo decisions. I don't for a second believe that they are like ready. They will pull that trigger when they need to, when they yeah. have to, when they want to make you buy something else. Sure, but again, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. There's so many different arguments here, but like for Nintendo, it's for sure forced digital scarcity. Oh, yeah. they yeah. could do this stuff. They could, and you can give them at least the pat on the back here of like as of late 2023 or march 2023 okay you're giving a year for people to wrap their heads around and really figure it out and where what are they seeing on their side in terms of uh, sales through the eShop on the 3ds on the wii u if they've already seen it start to dwindle down maybe they are anticipating by 2023 like nobody is doing it yeah and i think that we get lost in our bubble on the timeline right like our sure. timeline was upset you know reasonably so about this but it's like they obviously have to have some numbers where it's like oh six people downloaded something yep. today you know what i mean like that's not worth keeping the servers open even though it does suck for preservation so it's like it's, it's a- it, and that's the bigger thing with our timeline i would think and from what i saw yesterday is the more the idea of like oh man it sucks that these games are just going to be inaccessible it's not so much of like oh a whole bunch of people are about to run out and buy them or oh i know dozens of people who are still buying things on 3ds it's more the idea that if on a whim you wanted one of these games that are only available through those platforms you can't get them at you know in march 2025 <laughs> yeah i one thing i do wish that like as a uh, a band-aid maybe is i don't think they ever figured out i don't think they ever published a way like a tool where you could merge your 3ds account and your nintendo the, like the newer accounts because the 3ds is all tied to the hardware right it'd be mm-hmm. great if i could i thought 
Have they changed that? I think I'm connected now. Don't quote me on that. Really? I think it's connected. Go to my Nintendo. Let's see what I got written in here. Okay, (laughs) because that changes things. Because my worry was, okay, the accounts are still tied to the hardware. Now that you mention it, you might be right. I feel like a year in, like they published something. Because I I signed into my the same account that I logged into my Switch 2 to see. Because they did like a a memories website, right? It was a high school yearbook where you could go through and like check out, you know, your stats for 3ds and wii u and uh never played the wii u like most people so i didn't uh, i didn't get that section smart man smart man Uh yeah (laughs) my point is still the same what is what i was gonna make if you purchase those games on 3ds digitally Mm -hmm. and they re-release them on the switch digitally it would be phenomenal if my purchase history carried over and i could then access yeah yeah i think that's a really fair way to do it um but yeah, I was just thinking about like the PT situation where people were like selling off PS4s that had a copy of the game. I'm like picturing some sicko on eBay selling uh, a n- new Nintendo 3DS uh, with, you know, all of the BC Pokemon games on it for $700. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is I mean, I got that. I got that little, the the limited you, run, hey, like Mario you do have and a Luigi one. I, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Maybe you I go buy all these fun, up. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this there is a cottage industry now for you, Alex. Just go get every 3DS you can off eBay. <laughs> just start loading yeah. them up. Yeah, I, uh, I'm sure my fiance would love just a wall of 3DSs in here. Yeah, um, just, yeah. We're going to send the kids to college one day off this. <laughs> yeah. This is my inventory. Bro, I, I tried that with Pokemon cards. I was like, this is my retirement here. And she, she walked out of the camel park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, quickly before we get off this, is are there any games you're going to rush to go get? I, uh, I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go get uh 3ds version of ruby and sapphire for pokemon uh i'll probably get like some of those old pokemon games i, I think uh pokemon I crystal is one that i yeah. would pick up mm-hmm. um maybe some of the well i guess a lot of the zelda ones are so i i recently bought um ocarina of time 3d and that was still pretty affordable like mm-hmm. um so those kind of like the, the hallmark titles for that i would make sure that i i have those secured um because I'm not one who like goes and plays more of the obscure games in like that sort of catalog. I typically want to go, okay, I'm I'm the person typing in top 25, you know, PS Vita right. games yeah. and yep. and playing those and then I'm satisfied and I never touch it again. Uh, I'm not somebody who goes and, you know, plays, you know, the the Battalion Wars on GameCube, right? Um I have I have a random copy of that in my closet that I'm trying to get rid of. <laughs> so so you're ready to bust it out at a moment's notice. Yeah. <laughs> Is this your sales pitch for that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, Kim, Greg, how about you? Any any games you're gonna sw- sweep up? Hell no. I'm a Sega no. kid. I'm yeah. fine. I got no I mean, I, I, ha- I have, I have everything stuff. I want. Yeah. I have everything I want. So yeah. I do think I I'm curious to see, yeah, what this means for the future and and you know. If if Greg's right and this is just a a, a weird ass decision, or if uh, we do finally start to see, I'm interested to see if they back off it because you know mm-hmm. that was the thing where PlayStation was met with such "don't do this" that they did, and like you know hats off to them. You can you know they yeah. listened and that's great. And like now Nintendo is being met with the same thing. And so do you, as we said, show your hand and be like, we have a solution that you know again we're. Nintendo's always been able to get away with it because of weird Nintendo decisions that you know no we don't run online the same way. We're not trying to compete that way. Yeah yeah, it's like great, but. Now we're at this point that like everybody has these profiles and this history and this lineage with digital games. You have sold us digital games before. Why are we still buying the same digital games again? Yeah, because they make Super Mario World just cheap enough where you're like, all right, eighth time's the charm. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure I'll, I'll go to Rainbow Road this time. Alrighty, enough of this Nintendo garbage here. Let's let's get get, let's trash. get to the let's get to the meat of what we all came here for. Topic of the week. 
Guerrilla Games' Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to Zero Dawn. Uh, you know, uh, very exciting for PlayStation fans. A lot of people, you know, uh, this is one of their big tentpole franchises when we haven't seen a ton of that on PS5 yet. Um, Kim, you got to review the game for us as a huge uh, Aloy fan, as a huge fan of the first game. Uh, what the hell did you think? I thought it was pretty, pretty damn good. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's so hard sometimes with um, looking at these games because I think something like a sequel, like it improves upon a lot, ever, like plenty of stuff from the first game, which I like. Um, but then on top of it, like it does evolve and expand its scope to such a high level with the side quests. Like, I felt like I was playing Witcher at some points where I'm just like, and how those side quests evolve within the world and what you do. There's a lot of cool things there. And then I think what a lot, what I hear a lot of people say is like, well, it borrows too much from other franchises. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it makes for a fun open world to take some of the best and use like those features that have really become popular like my favorite part is like they put in your own home base like i you know from like mass effect i love that stuff getting to know the people who are around you better having aloy even not be like she's very imperfect in this game and i think uh you know she was imperfect last game but i think to the degree that they tried to be you know show some of her flaws more this time is refreshing um she yes she is a hero but she's also flawed and you're gonna have times where you're frustrated with her there's just so much that i feel like this game does well with the machine battles are still Mm -hmm. like that's where it's at for me was every time when you have the the big battles and and all that but i i think for me it's really the world is the star of the show in this and Mm -hmm. i was glued to my controller exploring that world and could not get enough, which I was so thank you, Sony, for giving us this game as early as possible to review because for real, I would have cried if I had to miss some of the side quests that I like. It was getting to the point where I was just, oh, man, mm-hmm. I don't want to miss this because sometimes once you do a side quest and go back into the world, the best part of it is you'll revisit the place and certain like characters will respond to things that you've done or like the locale will change a little bit and you'll be like damn like you know i had an impact here so there's a lot of cool things going on here but you know it does have some flaws it's not perfect but i think it is a fantastic sequel that fans are gonna have a lot of fun with have they um how have they changed the the traversal options in the game i know that we have the paraglider now does that mm-hmm. that I think also doubles as the shield? I was on the I was on the Horizon Reddit just reading reading everybody's theories and stuff because I haven't played it. But one thing of my of, that I wanted more of in the first game was was better traversal. Like I want to be able to climb things or I want to you know paraglide whatever. Has that? It seems like that's improved somewhat. What are your thoughts? Yeah, on that? I think uh, being able to scan for climbing points, and I think they put way more climbing points in this one where there's yes, multiple paths to everything um, okay. definitely helps because even I was noticing there's always different ways to get around certain situations. Um, and so with the shield wing, um, the glider, I liked it, but it's one of those things that feels very optional to like, if you want to really use that to get, I used it when I was on top of things and just wanted to get around to other places faster. 
but I didn't really use it, and, and to avoid fall damage, obviously. Um, I didn't really use it that much in battle to get away from things. Um, I found it more to be like, you can invest in that and do uh, what you want. The other thing is the pool caster, obviously, being able to climb to those points um, and also use that for some of the minor, like, puzzles. There's a lot of... Um, they took, uh, should we joke with Uncharted with crates? There's a lot of crates you move in this, too, to try to solve puzzles. Yeah. Uh, like I said, took took some things from other games, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. I found Traversal to be smoother and a lot better. But I know, um, you know, some people didn't love that. The pool caster where you can, you know, sometimes, like, you'll accidentally press a button and hold it down too long and, and, mm -hmm. and hit the wrong point or and I what, time... is, what is that pole caster just it's an ability it's basically a grapple hook you yeah. know to pull yourself oh, up to, that's to different, the word i was looking places. for yeah. thank you my brain yeah. this morning yeah. i got you yeah it's early yeah and so many can... people want to jump to the glider to be like oh yeah it's like breath of the wild i'm like well i also have the hook shot now but yeah no problem yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's cool yeah. i didn't realize that I, I know where your brain's at though, Alex, and no, it's not Breath of the Wild. Climbing wise, paraglider wise, sure. it, is, it is not. It's think Kim's But more right. in that, I mean, I just wanted more in that direction where like, oh, I do want to climb over here and go check this out. And I felt like in the first game, I had to like, okay, well, let me figure out how to run around this rock and mm -hmm. like find my yeah, way that's around. Gone. That's okay. gone for sure. And, yeah. and cool. I think, you know, again, to Kim's point, yeah, the yeah, the ability to scan and see the handholds, it's not climb anywhere you want, but there's usually yeah. a handhold somewhere you'd want to go. And okay. so it is the idea that like in Horizon Zero Dawn, I remember a lot of times you're like, I want to climb up that and yeah. doing this weird like jump, like eh, yeah, like you know, janking yeah, your way up like the geometry yeah, exactly. to get up there to do it. And you would do it eventually, but like this time they've been like, All right, we'll give you a couple paths to get up there so you can cool. climb okay. right. doing it. Yeah. Let alone the climbing puzzles that you know yeah there's, there are a lot of crates in them but i don't think the crates are ever as like it's when it's like in assassin's creed where it's like all right i gotta bring the thing to there all right like you yeah. know what i mean they are yeah, actually they're like, very how do, minor how do i get it from there to there how do yeah. i make them work together what do i do like i cool. love the puzzles in this and i love the way they also include the traversals in it of like yes exactly cool climb up there to activate this or find that or do whatever i yeah. i exploring the world in this is amazing both mechanically and then just as a gameplay thing but i mean in terms of like you're right now where we're talking with mechanics of it like yeah i i use the glider all the time not in battle i use I, but for me battle is i try to be stealth on everything yeah. i try to you know I, my aloe is very much i you know put all my points into the infiltrator tree so i'm coming in silently i'm you know yep. striking from a distance i can turn myself invisible uh you know and then like it, the glider is yeah jumping and gliding to different things and it is going up high finishing the thing glide to the next thing like the game is incredible. Like I just find Horizon so amazing. You know, I I came off Dying Light right into it, uh, mm. and so I did. Uh, heartbreakingly, uh, Kim have to be the one who was like, I just got a main path it. I got to keep. I got. I I went and did some stuff here and there. If it was like right on the way, I would do it. But like I did, I'm very much normally the gamer that is. Let's do every side mission and then get back to the main point. Let's see. I'm all around this and then go to the thing. I think for me, it was I got surprised by how much after doing a few of the side, the side quests add to the lore and the story of the different tribes. Um, because I will admit, like, story wise, there is some stuff, some pacing issues, some things that are a little disjointed. Um, but for me, doing the side quests, I felt like gave a lot of explanation to certain things that were mm -hmm. missing. And made it very like you'll be fine if you don't do every one of them or whatever but i just as somebody who enjoyed the lore and wanted to figure out kind of 
how some of these tribes came to be, what their values are, how they react in certain situations. Um, I found it just adding a lot of like life to the settlements and knowledge that felt valuable on top of like the side quests give you some of the best weapons in the well, game. For sure. I was going to say, yeah, there's especially in the beginning, uh, you should, and this is a quest I think shouldn't even almost be side quests, but it's like you meet these sisters, right? Who've traveled to chain scrape. I love them. Yeah. They're fantastic. Right. But you get my favorite weapon in the game so far in the javelin. Um, and I'm sure you get yeah. it later on elsewhere, right? But like you get it right away if you do that quest. And I was like, oh, I totally could have missed this if it wasn't. Mm -hmm. But then I think that's smart design, right? Because that unlocks in my brain, especially after that first game where I was like, I don't need to do the side stuff. Like this isn't for me. And then in my, my head, it's like, okay, if I skip all these other ones now, am I missing other weapons that aren't going to be available on Gold that's Pass awesome. or like that kind of stuff? You know what I mean? There's and I don't know. Yeah. What can there's always reward for doing them. There's always reward, I feel, for exploring this world. And that's what they do so well. But you can still get by without doing them. I mean, like I said, it just depends on a how much you want to get into the world and know every little tidbit. Like I was very interested in piecing certain parts together and learning more about characters. I understand a lot of people are going to just want to main path it. And like that, that's fine, too. Like. One thing Horizon um, Forbidden West does really well is like freedom of how you want to play, even yes. within those skill trees and like your play styles and all that. Like I was the skill trees disappointed me a little bit. I thought they could have had a little more to them. Um, and I, I, I went through them very fast. And I think it's because I did so many side quests and all that. But it, this game I, is like a jackpot of skill points. Like when yeah. you're doing all the side quests, when you're clearing out a rebel base, you're getting XP, you're getting skill points. So yeah, you can start investing in whatever you want real quick and be that able. Yeah, I remember I was only on like the second or third story mission and I already had like completed the stealth almost <laughs> entirely. Yeah. And was on to my next skill tree. And so like I did, I've, I've unlocked a lot of almost like I've, Stuff in all of the skill trees, just because even stuff I wouldn't normally touch just because I had so many skill points to experiment. But I like that the game is like, if you're going to play this way or that way, like we're not going to punish you. Um, there's always multiple ways to approach situations. I loved even like the different um, how they would throw you off sometimes with the different um, terrain and situations you were in. Either you're like in really close quarters and you're like, oh, gosh, now I got, I got these machines are coming at me hot. And then other situations where, like, there are a lot of rocky, um, mm -hmm. like, environments. So you could hide behind a lot of different cover if you used it to your advantage. And even if you just look around sometimes in battle, you'll notice there's something to shoot down to, like, hit enemies. Or, or... to grab a hook up to. to yes, get, like, exactly. I yeah, like yeah. that there's just so much at your disposal. And, like, sometimes I used everything that was there and sometimes I was like no I'm just gonna go here and, and get what I need with a lot of stealth kills and then and see what to do but I like that they are, there is a lot of freedom for how you can play this game and you're not gonna like lose or I think miss out on anything I think well, it's like I said sorry go ahead no go ahead I was gonna say like to your thing of like yeah, yeah like how much there is and how much freedom you have like I really feel like it's a game that is 
and I know we talk about sandboxes all the time, but it's a yeah. literally what do you want to do today kind of game. I, yep. On our review, I described it as uh, the end of Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie, right? Where Star-Lord sits down and he's like, what do you guys want to do? Something good, something bad, a little bit of both? Like when I turn on Horizon, that's w- how I feel. Where mm-hmm. it is like, do I want to go to a melee pit? Do I want to run a side mission? Like you, when you're at the workbench to figure out your next upgrade, you can make those as jobs. You can make multiple of those. So then it's like, do I just want to chase those down and go get this? Do mm-hmm. I want to find that last tall neck? Do I want to explore? Like the game is a buffet of really great content of things for you to go out and actually do at your leisure and how you want to. And again, like to the skill trees, I, I like them. I wouldn't say I was disappointed by them, but I see where you're coming from, Kim, especially in the way like how valor surges work. This is like the big thing you're including there, which are like you have a meter there that when you activate them with your shoulder buttons, you can then do a very special move, which is when you use the invisibility when I was using, you know, uh, more bow damage off of that. The thing about it, though, is the things that are surrounding them are just basically like stat buffs of like, all right, cool, like, you know, more concentration, more of that. And so once I got into, okay, cool, I'm infiltrator and I'm using my arrows a lot, so I'll go into the hunter tree. I I was only alternating between either the one that turned me invisible or the one that amplified my arrow damage. So suddenly all those other valor surges there kind of didn't make sense to me. It didn't didn't matter. For me, it was the radial blast. And once I that electricity one. Yeah, once I fully upgraded that, I didn't, like, want to touch any of the other Valor Surges. And, um, you know, even looking at the different upgrades, I was just like, I... It became a problem because at points, like, I would have 11 skill points and just Mm -hmm. keep playing. Like, not even feel like I needed to put them into anything just because... Mm -hmm. um, And like I said, as Greg pointed out, like, the other thing is the stuff surrounding them are very, like, they're just small perks. Like, putting a trap down faster more potent potions those things are great and everything i just wanted to feel more of a growing sense of power but, but i just felt ultimately powerful at all points in time i got it right like is when you're like okay cool yeah more traps or whatever the th- i at that point had been so focused on infiltrator and arrows mm-hmm. that like I'm not even using traps like traps are like that's a very specific play style I feel like mm-hmm. or something you'd put into your repertoire which I think is awesome that everybody can talk about how they play at Horizon and have a little bit of a different vibe to it but for me I'm right there with you where I go in there like I have 14 skill points all right well I'll go and look and like do any of these give me more health like you know what I mean right. like okay yeah. I do this I can activate all right fine I'll do that and activate that out and be done with it but mm-hmm. It, it reminded me in a way of like I feel Assassin's Creed Valhalla has mm-hmm. that insanity skill tree (laughs) that just branches out a star map but shut up siri oh it's about (laughs) insanity uh it has this thing and like you know you get in there and it was that always that idea of like okay this is way too much but i can see that i'm putting it into health or i know that i'm going off the bear tree so if i go find red that'll benefit my play style but once my play style was set and established and done it was kind of like okay well here's a buff for a trap or a potion i never use like Mm -hmm. i just don't do that yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. I, I, they still haven't nailed the skill tree, but it is such, I think overall is very much an improvement over that first game. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I, we touched on story a little bit. I, I don't want to dive. No, no spoilers. Right. But like, yeah. Horizon to me is so fascinating because I've, I don't, there are very few games where I've had a relationship with the story that I do in this and in one breath, because I just finished and st- I just started and finished Horizon Zero Dawn couple weeks before this right wow. so it's like the, the story was pretty fresh in my head um I, i've never had a game where it's like the main story right the the modern day with aloy and Aaron and and varl right is like it's like good 
you know, it's like I'm I'm into it, right? But I am so fascinated with the lore behind mm-hmm. it. Right. Where yeah. it's like, I, it's like, I, I like what's going on and I think it's getting better in, in, uh, Forbidden West. I'm not through it yet. So it's like, I'm only, I think I'm only like 15, 16 hours in, but it's like, I'm still like, okay, I need to get to this next point because I want to find out what happened with Ted Farrow and Elizabeth. Right. Yeah, um, Ted oh, he's <laughs> just, so dumb. Worse. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um, um and and like I like Aloy as a character, and I like you know Varl, and I you know if I if I had a goofy like facial hair situation, I'd be Aaron in real life. So you know, like shout you out to my be, boy, yeah, <laughs> which you know is both good and bad. But I don't know, like, do you as as people who have beat it, you know, Greg, and we could start with you. Like, did you enjoy where the story went? Did you did you feel like it was an improvement over the first one? I guess I don't know what your your thoughts are on the that first one. For uh, sure, for sure. Well, I love I love Zero Dawn. And yeah. for me, it, I mean, as a synopsis at the top, right? I think Forbidden West is head and shoulders a better game than Zero Dawn. Like, I think it improves. I, I'm shocked that it was able to improve on everything uh, from it and be be a better game. Like, not that I thought that would be a problem, but there was that concern of when they announced it and they showed it. I was very much like, awesome. It looks like more Zero Dawn. And Alex, I was more like you of like, for Zero Dawn, I was very much like on the, when I got back on Golden Path after going around, dicking around all the side missions, when I got back on Golden Path, I was like, oh, this is interesting. But what I'm interested in isn't so much what Aloy's doing, but what happened to the world before it. And so when you get there and you get to the end, I felt accomplished. I felt good. And that was great. So, for me, and I'm not one of those people who you got to play it this long until it gets good because Horizon Forbidden West is good from the start, period. Great yeah. from the start. Mm-hmm. But the first 10 hours of this were a lot of me going, okay, cool. It's more Zero Dawn. Like, I enjoy this world. This is fun enough, but like, eh, okay. Like, I'm I'm in and I like it. And I like, okay, oh, I'm seeing people I remember from the Forge and from before, and that's neat. All right, whatever. And then I really do feel like the game has a Breath of the Wild uh, get off the plateau moment yeah. where it was suddenly, all right, now go into the forbidden west you are on your way for this story and that was when i was like oh okay what is this and i felt then it really gets going and it made me care and this is a contemporary story there still is obviously the what came before it but mm-hmm. i think the contemporary story here what's happening in the present is more interesting than what happened before even though what happened before is very interesting and i'm into it i yeah. was looking for answers for what was happening for aloy in the present moment it's funny you bring that up because i'm literally at that plateau right now that's one yeah. of like the last things i saw was you know varl and zoe like looking out so i'm i'm <laughs> curious of my opinion uh changes as, as I get, you know, further and further in. But Kim, how uh, how is the story landing for you? I thought that, you know, Zero Dawn, as we talked about, had like that intrigue of what the heck happened here? What is going on? And now mm-hmm. that that was all established, the writers were free to dive into more of the sci-fi elements and, and go there um, with more of the world, but also like make these characters have a bigger place in the story and even Aloy kind of making her more than just like, all right, she's this hero. Okay. What, what's her place here? Um, I liked that they explored more of, of her flaws. And for me, the sci-fi parts were actually the things that really, um, I found the most intriguing. I was like, what is going on here? I have to figure out what the heck, uh, where this is all leading and where it takes me. I think, like I said, some of the stuff feels, um, once you reach those mo- that moment too, some of the stuff does feel a little rushed. Like, I, th- I oh, wish yeah. we had more time with, like, Regalia is, a, like, a cool um, antagonist, but I feel like her stuff is just, like, it's brought up as this big plot thing, and then 
kind of like, oh, is is this okay? What's go that is that it? Is mm. it's that traditional thing of like when they announce the voice cast and yeah. they're like, Rugalia is played by Angela Bassett. I was like, oh my god, all right, I'm excited yeah. for this. But it's always that thing when a video game puts a celebrity in the game. Like, and yeah. I mean like, you know, a movie star celebrity yeah. in the game. Mm. It is that like so are you in in the game or are you making an appearance kind of thing, right? Like when yeah. Cyberpunk showed Keanu so long ago and people were like, so is he a quest? And they were like, no, he's the entire game. Like, yeah. Like yeah. Except, yeah, and I, I, didn't, I, I agree with everything Kim said. Like Regalia is such a cool character, right? And I like where her story goes, but it is like very much like, okay, you did this in probably like a day and a half. Like that, that's how much yeah. Angela Bassett was in the VO booth for this. Yeah. One. <laughs> like they said, there's certain things, um, and I lo- and I loved like I said my favorite thing was just listening to some of the dialogue and banter at the base. I felt like yes. the dialogue was very well done, which made me want to have more time with those characters and yes. even maybe more quests tied to them. Um, Kim, you are speaking the truth right now. I, I'm the same way. I would walk into the base and you would have these characters that are like your team talking to each other and having little things. And I would just stand there because like it was just their ambient dialogue of mm-hmm. them having a conversation about something they had learned. And I was like, yes. But then I feel like the game never has that Mass Effect 2 loyalty mission yes, payoff. Yes, exactly. Where it's like, like, that's what I was looking for, of like, let's go, let's do the thing, blah, blah, And so even like, you know, before, you know, your big mission or whatever it'll be, like there is the normal video game thing of like, all right, we can go, but you should probably check in with the team first. And I was like, you know, and it's it comes up as optional. I'm like, ah, of course I'm going to do that. And I went to like two of them and I was like, all right, none of you are saying anything important. Let's go do the thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted, I like I wanted more payoff yeah. there. Yeah. And also I felt like, Despite them giving you more time with these characters, um, I didn't feel the emotional pull necessarily for them that I would have wanted like I did with like a game like, you know, Mass Effect, where it's like, oh, my God, you know, if that character, I have to like protect that character at all costs. Yeah. Or I, mm-hmm. I really got to help them on this mission. Um, but I will say like, the stuff is good and there's like a lot of potential there. It's not that the characters are boring or anything. Oh, not at all. They're they're actually like I love Kotalo's backstory, um, in particular, and I think there's there's stuff there, but yeah, I feel like they started to go into that direction of building more with the characters and not just having this be Aloy's story, but giving her an en- ensemble because like I said, last game was all her very solitary reacting to the world talk to a few people here and there person and this is very much like we're building to go on a mission together and we're building up this this base this family almost um you know and i'm with you if i i feel like that's one of the my downsides to this game that I recommend to everybody that I think is amazing, but it is the fact that it doesn't hit the heights of other games we've seen do mm-hmm. this kind of stuff mm-hmm. where it doesn't hit the mass effect two heights of making me care about the, t- the team that way. There was like one thing that happened and I immediately uh, texted blessing. I was like, Oh my God. He's like, I know. Right. And it was like that, but like, otherwise it was just their lives are happening and that's going on. And then it's also, you know, uh, Kim, you talked about Aloy not being a perfect character, which I agree the game shows, but I don't think they ever go into that the way I wish they did. Like, I really wish that like, She's presented, no spoilers, with some very interesting conundrums in her mm-hmm. life here. And also some great chances to really have that thing of like, here's me establishing why I'm the way I am. And this is and, and they don't, they don't, they I feel like neither of them are home runs. They're all like base hits. They're all like, and I don't even like baseball. I don't know why I'm making these baseball references. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, like, yeah, <laughs> I agree with you there. Like that's that I think that's my main problem with the story is like 
it's not bad. And like I said, none of these, like even the characters, I found them interesting and like, but they are base hits. I think is a good way to put it. Not a home run, but like, yes, I think that they definitely have room for improvement there. But and then if while we're in the story, I, this isn't a spoiler. I don't think for yeah. anybody, cause obviously whatever, but like, I don't love the way this one ends. It is like, I feel rushed at the ending and then it's very mm-hmm. clearly like, okay, well, there was a rumor a long time ago this was going to be a trilogy, and clear, clearly at least you want to do another game really badly because you're yeah. shoving this in at the end, but, but you didn't need to do that. Like, like the Horizon Zero Dawn ends in such a great way, credits, then silence, right, with Hades. And you're like, oh, my God, what a cool way to do this. Whereas this one's much more like, we're done, but are we? I don't know. Like, well, fine, oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, is there any other any other points we want to hit on before we move over to to the playlist? I think this is a great discussion, pretty pretty thorough. But uh, Greg, any parting thoughts? Uh, I mean, I feel like whenever this game, when I've been talking about this game on shows, we I end up nitpicking it along with other people. But it's what Kim said, right? Where it's like it's not perfect, but it's so good. And I think yeah, the yeah. fact that we care so much about it, and again, like check all of the story stuff I've said at the door, like playing horizon forbidden west is amazing like i like it's still like the game my playlist is horizon forbidden west because yep. even though i'm done with the story and everything else i keep coming back because i want to platinum it and i just want to live in this world longer and do more of the quests and that's because the moment to moment gameplay is so good the side quests yeah are great from a narrative thing but they're also amazing in the way that you head out and it sounds like it's going to be a very simple thing of go help this person and defeat the machines that have pinned down their sister no problem but then you get there and then there's another thing and another thing and suddenly you're in a giant boss battle and i come back to the base or to the camp that to drop the people and i have like no equipment i'm out of arrows and i'm like that was an awesome fight it felt even though this okay. is after i've rolled credits you know i'm already this apex hunter i felt challenged by that and i loved it yeah kim how about you no like i agree exactly what what greg was just saying is like that world and being in it and the loop um it's just a fun game to play and a fun world to be in and i think at the end of the day like that won me over that kept me glued to my controller and i love seeing where certain things and threads would go and just exploring and finding stuff and i think that for me that makes a good like open world game and um i don't think people are going to be disappointed i think people are really going to enjoy it and and you know there is a lot here to love so like i said not without flaws but pretty damn good and Mm -hmm. definitely mark like a huge improvement over that first game i feel like that first game was just their core and then they're able and hey if they do that third one that they you know are heavily hinting at i think that will be interesting to see where they can go next and how they can really expand god i can't even imagine i'm excited though to think of the future for sure for sure i think i think for me as someone who wasn't wasn't zero dawn's biggest fan until it finally clicked i was anxious to see how are they going to get me into this game what is what's going to be those threads that they pull on right and and they absolutely nailed the beginning part of this compared to the first game to me right i think i also think it was great that i did get to play through zero dawn so if you're on the fence i would encourage you to go play that first because it's kind of i kind of had a similar experience with psychonauts and psychonauts 2 last year it's like i played psychonauts for the first time two months before the game came out so and 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 Psychonauts 2, one of my favorite games last year, right? I got to feel like really feel how they improved this this formula, right? And it is evident from the first machine you take on, like how improved combat is. The world is so much more interesting, in my opinion. And I actually want to explore the side stuff instead of mainline. Uh, 
like I did in, in Zero Dawn. So um, I'm loving it. I'm going to keep going uh, in it. I, I think, you know, if you're coming to this going like, I this is what I want next in, in open worlds, I don't know if you're going to get that, right? Like I even, even looking at the PlayStation, like, section of games right i think ghost of tsushima maybe has a better open world like experience um uh, but like i said you know i'm still 15 hours in so I'm, I'm giving it time right and i think it just fills it more interestingly like you guys said and and i'm excited to play more so uh kim what did you give uh horizon forbidden west 9.25 baby there you go and greg you guys uh adapted a, a scoring system of your own correct yeah, finally, we will. It's you know, we it was, uh, seven years ago we started kind of funny, and we were like, we don't need scores. We'll just talk about games, and then that's evolved into inevitably being, yeah, I, I could see this getting a set, whatever the hell, you know, you just sit there <laughs> and talk about scores or whatever. So we finally yeah. bit the bullet, did a five point scale, just to more assigned words to it. So yeah, this got uh, our highest rating of uh, a five, which is amazing. It was just a five out of five, amazing. Yeah, which of course doesn't mean it's perfect. We're not saying masterpiece, yada yada yada. We're just saying no. that yeah, this game is awesome, and you should go play it. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Well, go check out the games cast for kind of funny this week. Go check out Kim's review um, and then go check out our YouTube page where we have the video review. We may have some other videos coming soon, um, so be sure to check that out. So we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Welcome back to the GI show. We're going to get into the playlist here. The segment, you know, what you love it. We're going to talk about the games we're playing because, uh, you know, it's February and God, it's just there's a lot. There's a, there's a lot going on and games that I did not expect to be spending a lot of time in. Um, but Alex, we can kick things off with you. Uh, what have you been playing, my guy? Yeah. So with all of the, the, the latest release, we got Horizon, Elden Ring, you know, coming off of Dying Light, too. I figured, why not go back? And play some more League of Legends uh, because <laughs> like I'm a, a sicko. I am a sicko. Uh, that game has just become. I didn't pick that game up until 2020. That game's been out for like a decade, and I didn't start playing until the pandemic. There's like this weird, like competitive, but chilled. I don't know. It's like one of the most competitive games in the world. Like there's you, an entire. You are a, a a marvel, a mystery of a man, Alex. Because Why? you because you talk about these things sometimes. Where I was like, oh, he's been playing League since like he crawled out of the womb. And no. it's like, nah, dude, it's only been like six months. Like, I, <laughs> okay, it's been like two years. <laughs> yeah, but still, fair. like, I just, it, wait. Yeah, Listen, I fall, yeah. I, when I love, I love hard, you know, I fall yeah. quickly. That's true. Uh, and that's what I, I get for League of Legends. You. I appreciate it about you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, that game is so weird because it literally spawned an entire esports industry around MOBAs, like, the, wild. Uh, yeah. There's so much, there's such a high skill ceiling. And I've probably put, at this point, 150 hours, 200 hours into this game, and I'm still so bad. And I think that's <laughs> like, I think that's what makes me want to keep coming back to it because there are always new strategies, there are always new, you know, improvements that I can, you know, make to increase my my skill at the game. And so there's like this really high skill ceiling, but also like I'm just sitting back, and for audio listeners, like lean back, you know, just chilled out, clicking clicking away on my mouse. Like there's this chilled factor to it at the same time <laughs> even though like i'm getting cussed out by a 12 year old uh in the chat like it is it well, is a weird experience slash mute right you don't you don't have to deal with that anymore exactly exactly yeah. so i've been playing that i actually checked out the competitor dota 2 because uh, a buddy of mine plays a lot of that and i've just kind of been in like this weird moba space lately uh but also very quickly i have been playing more lost ark really enjoyed it i started a, a second character my first character was the Berserker, really enjoyed that. But my friend was like, hey, come to my server. 
and play with me some. And I was like, okay, I'll make a, I'll make a second character. So I picked up Paladin and I think the Paladin in Lost Ark is actually my favorite iteration of a Paladin in MMOs so far, as far as like their, kind of their archetype, you know, they're traditionally Mm -hmm. like mostly like hybrid healer slash damage and Lost Ark. They very much lean damage. I don't think you get a healing spell until Mm -hmm. like level 20 or 30. Um, And it's been really cool to see their take on some of these classic classes. Um, And I feel like the Paladin is more of like um, almost like a battle mage in this game. And I really love the animations and that game just has its hooks in me. I know Alex, you've also been playing it. It is, it's, you know, it's free. It's, it's there. Like people are playing it and it's. (laughs) What a ringing endorsement. (laughs) It's free. It's there. I mean, hey, what else are you going to do? Read a book? (laughs) Yeah. What are you going to do? Play more League? Yeah, nerd. Yeah. So uh, it's not like, it's not wow levels of hook. Like it hasn't hooked me to that, but I'm like, okay, I'm like going to log in and play a few hours a week and, you know, see what happens. Well, and we've gotten reports from uh, one Dan Tack and John Carson at the end game, and this is really good. So now it's like, Do I want to yeah. put the time in and stuff like that? Because yeah, I push. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I with what time I asked yeah, exactly. you with what time. Know, um, yeah. But that's the thing. This is I if you follow the show, you know, I'm not an MMO guy like, you know, uh, Old Republic and WoW, like Burning Crusade or like that's and that's it for me. And you played um, six hours of each. Yeah. Right. So it's like, no, I did. I did get my uh, my Blood Elf Hunter to like 34. So basically. Oh, OK. That, yeah, that's an investment. Yeah. Tack makes fun of me for that, but you know, so I try to keep, keep try to keep that in. Um, but it is Lost Ark is the story doesn't make any sense. It's I, I the, the voice acting is not good, but I can't get enough of that combat. And I, I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but it is so Diablo esque, and it is so satisfying the the amount of creatures they put on screen and you're like oh, this is nothing and just absolutely wipe them out and i i like the mini set pieces there there is an attention to to detail in that 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 i really appreciate and it, it is just fun like we were in the discord just like chopping it up with some friends and i was just you know just running show on you know the denizens of of this world and yeah um you know i still think it is overwhelming just like with the different like there's there's so many menus you okay. have to pay if you play this game, but, yeah. skip every cutscene like for every real cutscene you can yeah. it doesn't matter uh don't pay attention to any of the currencies they put in your bag because if you got the founders pack or, or whatever they just throw everything at you ignore all of that until like the end game you will know what it means when you're 50 hours in but if yeah. you don't like the gameplay like just get the gameplay do you like it yes no okay you like it keep playing no go play something else yeah it's one of those games it's like yeah. you're either just don't don't play the story dude it's so bad yeah um, so, but but i think that's an endorsement right of like because i am a, a a console boy like through and through right but i think because that combat's so good i want to keep coming back to it even though there's things i don't like about the game or don't understand about it yet so yeah I do think this is a good, especially with it just sitting there being free to play. Um, I do think that this is a a really good one if you're like me. It's like, okay, I, I really love Diablo. Diablo 2 Immortal didn't really do it for me because of the, some of those antiquated systems and that. So it's like, okay, what's next? And I do think Lost Ark is a good answer to to that. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to keep playing it. I think that's going to that's gonna keep me you know, at least till like May, right? Just, you know, get a taste of what that actual end game is and then see if I continue to come back. So um, exciting stuff. Kim, you are playing something that you'd like to talk about, right? Oh, I got to recently play some Rune Factory 5 
for about two hours for okay. look at for preview. And um, you know what? I like the past Rune Factory games. For those who don't know, um, it's the old Harvest Moon uh, series, okay. which is now Story of Seasons, kind of like that farming focus, mm -hmm. but an action RPG um, combined with it where you go and you fight monsters and you upgrade your gear and you upgrade weapons and you know you craft and you find stuff and so you're trying to figure out obviously the mystery of what's going on with this world um what's really cool is you know yes i got like you'll get certain characters um like these big creatures and their islands and you can kind of go to them and, and plant certain crops on them and stuff and so it's just a combining of that farming gameplay with um you know, like exploring dungeons, RPG elements, um, you know, romance options. So uh, this is a Switch exclusive. Um, okay. And, you know, the series for the past few years has been on handheld um, with Rune Factory 4 being the last one, obviously. But um, that was 3DS, right? Or is the yeah, 3DS. And so it's been a while since we've had a new entry. So um, I'm excited for it. It does playing through it, I have some technical issues so far, mm. which I hope get, you know, figured out because... When's it coming out? End of March. March? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's some frame rate issues um, and also, like, some stuttering. Um, I played it docked and I played it undocked and I say go handheld it plays much better in that okay. regard. It looks better on that. Um, I guess I didn't realize I don't pay attention to Rune Factory. March 22nd is when it comes out. March 22nd. I didn't realize it was a farming sim. I, yeah. The name does not give me that. I'll just say that. <laughs> it's yeah. cool because you, what you spent... what, Off the name, what do you think Rune, what, what, what do you think Rune was going to be? <laughs> I'm thinking like Dead Cells. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dead cells. Yeah, I would have gone like a bejeweled or puzzle quest. I mean, mm -hmm. I think the oh, first yeah. time I ever heard oh. it, the first time I've heard it, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you spend your like mornings tending to your farm, and then you go out and you go to the forests and find the dungeons. And you can Is also there a tame, factory in the you game? can tame monsters to battle with you by your Ooh. side. And also, okay. you can bring um, villagers with you into battle, and they'll give you like some special attacks. So. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, you know, it, it's a lower budget game, obviously. Sure. So keep that in mind. Like, I was a little disappointed by some of the um, voice mixing on it. Um, mm. Just like had to adjust the volumes in certain spots. But um, you know, for fans who want like a big game and love, you know, farming sims, and then also yeah. you know that RPG lifestyle, there you go. It's Rune Factory. 5. I'm looking at screenshot. It seems like my kind of game. I think I would enjoy this yeah especially on switch that feels like a, it's a good it's, yeah uh, it's a good switch game i was playing it actually before bed last night i'm like this is a good game just as you're like ready to go to bed do some farming fight a few new monsters make some sweet. friends uh mm -hmm. go to sleep <laughs> yeah <laughs> go to sleep <laughs> yeah i mean yeah that's a that's interesting and you bring up too like it's better on handheld than than monitor i feel like almost every game is that point or we're almost to that point on switch especially yeah. with the oled too it's like I, I i played arceus almost exclusively on handheld uh after i got like the capture footage and stuff so um i feel like that's more of the trend now but um so you're excited for uh what did you say march 22nd yes 
Okay. Yes, cool. I'm excited to play more. Like I said, only I'm very early, so some of the systems haven't really opened up yet. Um, you know, because there's a lot, it looks like, with the crafting and um, the different, like I said, monsters you can befriend. But, like, there's always, like, a cool big boss battle at the end of each thing. And um, the, there's really unique designs for the monsters, so those are always really fun. So, yeah, I'm having a good time with it. Um, but Cool. Um, time will tell how it shakes out. Yeah, sweet. For sure. Cool. Uh, quickly, uh, speaking of Switch games, I uh, have been playing Ollie Ollie World, uh, which, oh my God, I did not expect to love this game. Like, not <laughs> not in a bad way, right? You know, I'm not a huge skateboarding game fan. As, as if anyone saw my appearance doing Skate 2 on replay, you'll know that I'm usually quite terrible at them. You're a poser. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i'm a culture vulture in that way i suppose um <laughs> i had heard about it i'd like the style right i was like oh, this is this is gonna be whatever and then the reviews came out and blake was really high on it and if you don't know blake it's it you know he doesn't usually get super high on a ton of games um and you know everywhere else was really excited for it and i was like okay I need now that I've beaten Pokemon Legends, I want something on Switch to 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 kind of go to bed with, like, like Kim was saying. Um, and Ollie Ollie World has been perfect for that. If you don't know, it is this beautiful like Cartoon Network art style, right, where you are in uh, this world and you're looking for Narvana, and there's just the, the skating puns in this are just Chef's kiss. But um, and it it segments it right. There's each level, and you have to get. The higher you score, the more unlocks are available to you, and they're all like cosmetic and and it's just it's been so fun building out my character, finding the look for him, but also the mechanics feel so good um you know and and it's one of those things where it is very simple to pick up hard to master right because mm -hmm. all your all almost all your tricks are on the left stick, and then you start to add grabs, manuals, that kind of stuff too but once you get in a rhythm similar to like a Tony Hawk, the flow of it is just so perfect. And then they add in these other objectives where you're like, you know, like hit eight geese on your way down or like grind yeah. like eight rails and like or find this mystery character and stuff. And it's just been a very rewarding, engaging experience because even even when I don't hit like the highest score, right? It's like, OK, I know I missed the rail here. I can go back and I can hit this. And it's so quick. It's like pick and pop that you can do three or four levels and like five ten minutes or whatever and and feel satisfied so it has been I, i've put a lot of of time in while you know my, my fiance has somebody feed phil on or something like that you know what i mean like it's just been <laughs> which if y'all y'all if you need happiness in your life you need any dopamine go watch somebody feed phil it's a beautiful show but Perfect. um uh but i can't recommend it enough i i'm really enjoying my time with it and uh i think uh it's going to be easy to get uh, swept up in the re the release season that it is, but uh, it's definitely one that I want to bring up, especially towards the end of the year. It, it reminds me of a more in-depth, uh, like Tony Hawk fused with Alto's Adventure or Alto's Odyssey, hmm. um, which are great mobile games that are like ski-based. And it's... it's the Lava play, one, like, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. I remember when those, those came to a PlayStation 2, so they're not even limited just okay, to mobile cool. anymore. Gotcha. I'm sure they're Sweet. everywhere, but I, I played them on PlayStation. Yeah, and it was very much like if you if you hit an obstacle, it, it restarts you, teleports you back to the checkpoint. You just like you're in this loop until you like perfect the run, and when you do, it's great. But then you add tricks and all that on top of this, and it's an awesome formula. I'm excited to keep playing. Yeah, definitely. So uh, if you haven't, go check it out. It looks really good on the OLED Switch. I haven't had any tech 
problems, though it feels like some of the cutscenes run at less than than thirty. But that's okay because yeah, story doesn't all. matter in this. Yeah, <laughs> if you want good, matter. if you want good uh, skateboarding puns, they're there. But uh, yeah, you can just focus on creating your character and and shredding, as the kids say. Yes. So, um, let's let's take a break. I'm getting word from our producers that uh, the halftime show is ready. We're very oh. excited to present it to you and uh, take it away. Kendrick Lamar? What's yeah, Eminem. Yeah. What are you doing <laughs> here, dude? Welcome back to the GI show. What a halftime performance. Uh, unfortunately, I'm getting word that uh, GI is getting canceled for uh, initiating sexual anarchy. So we oh, apologize wow. for that. You know, uh, hey, what did I miss at the Super Bowl? <laughs> sexual anarchy yeah yeah all right i was at a i was at a nice dinner (laughs) no sexual anarchy but really great really great entrees that's not like a great dinner then yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it's our brand here at gi sexual anarchy yeah yeah totally (laughs) yeah alex uh hit us with uh that sweet sweet housekeeping yeah yeah uh announcements news everything you know about the world of gi uh real quick we always start off housekeeping with a new podcast review uh, shout out to TW, TDWP on, on Apple Podcasts. Gave us a five-star review saying, The Game Informer podcast is easily one of the best, most entertaining, and informative podcasts in its space. I've been listening for years, and every week it's a delight to see a new episode has posted. The hosts and guests on the show are fun, relatable, opinionated in the best ways, and their chemistry is a joy to listen to. The shows frequently have in-depth conversations about upcoming games, which make for a compelling listen when you're anticipating a new game release. Uh, the show has continued to be strong since it's changed hands, and I very much enjoy its current iteration. I love the show and refuse to miss an episode. Uh, TDWP, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to leave us that review. Of course, if you go out there, you take the five minutes to do it. We want to say thank you uh, and you know read it off. Of course, leave an honest review, you know. There's certainly many of you that have done that in the past. And hey, we've read them off in the past. Yeah. We, we love constructive feedback, uh, any any positive criticism, whatever. Um, but yeah, just go leave a review. That really helps us out on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and if you're listening on Spotify, you can leave a rating. Um, and uh, if you are one of those people that do that, thank you. Appreciate you. Is it still mobile only? I think so know? on Spotify. Yeah, I think it's still mobile only. What a weird thing. Yeah. Right? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Hmm. Uh, weekly streams Thursday. We're going to be streaming Horizon Forbidden West, 2 p.m. Central. Twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Uh, we got Super Replay continuing on Friday. I think Marcus and company are close to beating uh, Jedi Fallen Order on stream. So this They're might be very the one. Close. Yeah, they might beat it this week. Um, but go check that out again. 2 p.m. Central. Twitch.tv slash Game Informer. And then Monday, uh, Multiplayer Monday is our new kind of streaming sub series uh, that Alex and I help run. And that's Monday mornings at 9 a.m. Central. And don't know what we're going to play this week, but I'm sure something will come up. And there's a lot of, we've got a lot of Discord polls going on. People want to see us play certain stuff. So this mm. might be a great week to, to play some of those titles. Maybe we um, finally do Deep Rock Galactic, even though. Yeah, I've been wanting to. <laughs> literally oh, weeks old. Yeah. Fun game. We did, yeah. that, we did that on stream after it dropped on PlayStation Plus. Yeah, I, I enjoyed my time with it. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, very quickly, notable YouTube videos. Uh, Alex, you checked out the new Cyberpunk update on xbox series x we've got gameplay of that Mm -hmm. and uh, in ngt format over on the youtube channel uh tom holland interview brian chase sat down tom holland for 
Very quick interview, but if you're interested, they're best in that, friends now. Yeah. yeah, they are. Yeah, I yeah. think he's coming to the next GI barbecue, so that'll oh, be. Oh, I was going to say, please don't say show. I know we can't. Get <laughs> show. Yeah, um, we've got a lot of stuff. Game reviews. You know, obviously, there are big games coming uh, in the, the next season. couple of weeks. You can likely expect content over on the YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/GameInformer. Lastly, check out all of our podcasts, Video Gameography. It's our Video Game History podcast. If you enjoyed Greg on this show. Go listen to whenever his episode drops. I think it's next week. <laughs> next week, cool. There you go. Uncharted 3. Uh, All Things Nintendo is our weekly Nintendo podcast. And then from panel to podcast is our very own editor-in-chief, Andrew Reiner's new comic book podcast. So go check that out as well. Uh, follow everybody here on social media. Follow Greg Miller at Game Over Greggy. Follow Mr. Alex Stadnick at Studnick76. Kim is at KSTAR1785. And you can follow me at It's Van Aken. Alex, I'm finally done with housekeeping. I'm sorry it took got, so long. You got Let's through that up. really cool. What are you talking yeah, about? You, you did got, that great, great job. There's yeah. a lot of information packed in there. You know, you did yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Proven. Look at this. Uh, listener emails. It's listener time. emails. Let's get it popping. This is the best part of the show where you, the listener, the viewer, can write in. Let us know what to talk about. Hopes, dreams, nightmares. Haven't got any nightmares, <laughs> which I'm happy y'all are sleeping pretty well. So that's good. Um, you can send those in at podcast at gameinformer.com. Uh, I read them. I take them in. I think to myself, hey, this is a great email. Or like, oh, well, hmm, maybe they should try next time, you know? So um, <laughs> try <the> harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we haven't got any games in a while that uh, that we've done. So we should uh, you should send those in. So oh, um, yeah. the other way to get in contact with us, Alex Van Aken, how the heck do they get into our Discord? Uh, yeah. So if you want to join our community Discord, uh, it's a great place to be. It's safe, friendly. We do have it walled off. You have to subscribe on Twitch. Uh, one time via Twitch Prime or Tier One Sub, whatever, uh, and you'll get access to the Discord. Go to your if you've done that. Go to the Discord app. Make sure your your Twitch is linked under the Integrations tab, and then our server should appear there. And you come hang out. Uh, the whole GI staff is there. We got our lovely mods there, and um, a few hundred people from the community that love chatting about games, comics, mm -hmm. all that stuff. And uh, there is a Game Informer Show channel on there where you can ask questions for the show. Yeah, and they don't even have to be for the show too. We can we can chop it up. Yeah, we up can just talk. Whatever. You know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can hear Dan Tack rambling about cheese falling off the bone and teasing. I, I he's still don't get he's, he's a bizarre home. man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we love him, but he's uh, definitely bizarre. <laughs> yeah. All righty, let's let's get it going here. We have a lovely crop of uh, questions from the Discord today. Uh, first one from Darth Stridius, and uh, Darth writes in and says. If you had to create the Suicide Squad out of video game characters, which game character uh, would you make up the team? Uh, Greg, I think this is a, a topic born for you. Sure. sure. Yeah. Well, then, as with any hypothetical question, I have a million questions to the question. Of course. So yeah. are we sending them on a suicide mission? Is it? Is it? Am I making an all-star team of video game characters to carry out missions? Or is this like I need the worst of the worst and I need them to be expendable? I think I, I like the idea of expendable, like the, in the Ooh. spirit of what the Suicide Squad is, just the, the degenerates. Oh, I have yeah, a perfect sure. character. <laughs> oh, go for it. Then you start. Tingle. Send that man to die. Tingle can't get anything done. <laughs> that. Tingle. Listen, we need an excuse to finally get rid of him. Yeah, Tingle, go help the team out, buddy. Go, go on, you know, send him in first. Get yeah. rid of that bastard <laughs> that small green bastard get rid of him finally is bastard on the bleep list do i take no it's not you're, we're allowed. you're like i did this on purpose yeah 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 i uh 
See, I would, I, my immediate, my so if, for them to be expendable, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I think eliminates so many interesting choices, right? Because if you're doing the Justice League, obviously Nathan Drake, uh, Master Chief, put that kind of stuff out there. Yeah. So I have two picks that immediately jump, but I'll only give you, I'll, I'll put them up, but I'll tell you who I'm going with. I, the first one, who's the honorable mention, was Zeke from Infamous, just mm-hmm. Cole's right hand man, a character I love a lot. He gets things done. He's just a human being, but he's always there to help. He's always there to risk his life. If he died, I don't think many people would cry for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. my real choice is Lady Masako from Ghost of Tsushima. Right, mm. not Jin Sakai, not right. you know Jin, who is the main character and going to carry the franchise. Lady Moscow, who was like kind of wanted to die, if you remember, right? Oh, yeah. Her family was already gone; she had nothing left to lose, kind of. Sh- and she yeah. was awesome. Sorry, there you have to believe that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it is that idea of like I think she'd be a great one in there because she just doesn't care, and that means that she'll live; she'll continue to live on. But I think she'd yeah, be great. She'd be about it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kim, do you have a do you have an entry here? I do. Um... Not that I want anything to happen to this person, but um, Ace Attorney Larry Butts would be good because he would get himself in this situation without even realizing it, and he would screw everything up along the way, and there would just be so many funny moments. So I think I would go with him. Okay. I like that. See, Alex Alex took my thunder a little bit because I was also thinking of the weasel character right yeah. now who I could like send on to the beach and get him absolutely mowed down while I'm working in the shadows right and leisure suit Larry was like my first pick on that just mm. blow that man away um <laughs> I think I think Colt Vaughn from Deathloop fits in here nice uh he's got the attitude right he's got the the quips right but he could take down it basically anyone and, and he's got if he dies he just comes back the next day so it's like all right we, we lost we lost Colt Whatever, he'll come back tomorrow. Like, it'll be fine. I do have one final spot. submission, yeah. Alex, that I think we can all agree on. Okay. If you've played the game, Death Store, oh. The Gravedigger. Okay. I was hoping you'd say Pothead, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Pothead. The yeah. Gravedigger and Death's Door, there's that whole arc where you can't kill him. Like, he's just, and he mm-hmm. wants, he's also cool with dying if he does, if you do finally kill him. True. I feel like that's the kind of energy, kind of, the character Lady Masako that Greg was talking about. That's kind of similar energy. Like, I'm okay with dying, but it's going to take a lot to kill me. You know yeah. what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the kind of person we need on this Suicide Squad. Okay. I feel like when you really start delving into the question, there's so many, like, PS3-era characters you could toss out there of, like, Jet Brody from Fracture, uh, whoever oh the God. guy was in Dark <laughs> Void, uh, that Nolan North voice that wasn't Nathan Drake, and he was yeah. like clearly trying to be Nathan Drake. Yeah. Uh, what was the one? Matt Hazard, the one that Will Arnett did, oh that was like he, he knew he was in a video game, fourth wall breaking Deadpool mm-hmm. guy. Like, put all them in there. Nobody cares how many of them die. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You brought up games that I haven't thought of in probably 15 years. Like, that is, <laughs> that's nutty. It's my skill. Protagonist <laughs> from Time Splitters 2. I can't Go remember off there. the top of my head like the release date of the playstation 4 but i can talk to you about mad fraction Matt, tell yeah. You. <laughs> yeah so what so our squad is made up of tingle colts yep. uh would you say zeke from infamous put him on there share okay sure. lady masako <laughs> lady masako sure. yeah Kim. larry butts larry butts <laughs> this is the ultimate killing machine here and, and, and i'm here for it so there you go what a bizarre cast of Just characters throw bodies at the problem yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so darth thank you for thank you for the question there so um uh jew donk donk from D- discord says it's really cold outside today and i wish i was in a tropical paradise what is the best vacation location in gaming 
It's a good one. I mm-hmm. as I'm staring out of the frigid wastelands of Minnesota right now. Hey, it's a warm day today. It is. It was really nice. Uh, uh, any thoughts here? I mean, it's got to be Delfino Island, right? It's <laughs> kind of what I was thinking, right? That always like I, you know, Mario Sunshine, not my favorite Mario game, but what a lovely place to hang out. You know what I mean? And it seems yeah. like a cool place to kick back and not have a care in the world. Mm-hmm. Everyone's I, happy, you know. What do you Tour got? Timers Island and Animal Crossing. Uh, where you had to have the GBA adapter to access the island. You would go fishing with your friends. Mm-hmm. Great spot. Really, any Animal Crossing setting would be really great. Yeah. Yeah. Kim, how about you? Final Fantasy X, uh, Xenokand, or Xenokard. Um, oh, my God, I can't pronounce that it. Is that the beach? Time. Yeah, but, like, I want to play Blitzball, you know, on the beach, mm. all that fun stuff. Isn't there a Xenokand. cruise ship in that? There we go. Bah. Is there a cruise hmm? ship in that game, or am I misremembering? Cruise ship? Yeah, where they play Blitzball on the cruise ship. Oh. No, I must be thinking <laughs> no. of something completely different. I mean, they play Blitzball in weird places, but they yeah. They play like, Blitzball everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Blitzball cannot be denied, but yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah, there's a... I think you're thinking of the arena, but yeah. With oh, okay. the water and everything, yeah. but... Yeah, I think that place would be fun to visit. Yeah. The sin could sh- will be gone when you visit there. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised, Kim, I'm surprised you didn't say Destiny Islands from Kingdom Hearts. Perfect vacation spot, you know, get to stay in your, just chill on the beach, you know? Yeah, it's small. It's small, but I feel like Final Fantasy X, it does it better because it has Blitzball. (laughs) Because it has Blitzball. You really want Blitzball? I want to play some sport. I mean, there's volleyball, I guess, in Destiny Islands, but. True. Yeah. We could probably morph the rules and turn it into Blitzball. On Destiny Islands. Yeah, perfect. I uh, so I like that one. Uh, I feel like as long as you don't go to like the snowy parts of like Kanto and like Pokemon, right? Like Kanto mm-hmm. would be a good place to to take a vacation, hang out with your Pokemon, like that kind of stuff. Even without the Pokemon, it's just like a suburb. Seems lovely. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a countryside suburb. Like. You should be in marketing with how you you present some of these places. Well, like, what is it? It's there's houses, there's some trees, like. Yeah. There's just a like lake, a chill forest, you know. That, I mean, oh, there's caves. Like, <laughs> it's just a real ass place. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just want to go to real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just somewhere where it's not negative forty and my eyebrows freeze. So yeah, yeah. Um, alrighty, last one. We went through that one quick, but uh, uh, last one is good here. Um, this one is from Crater. Well, the last one was good too. Sorry, I didn't mean to say the last one. Wow. Was last yeah. one was a stinker wow. of a reader, man. You should <laughs> that, be embarrassed. Yeah, I told y'all to bring some more fire. Um, this comes Chris from Raider. C-, C Raider, the man himself over on Discord. Right, let's do it. Says, do you think the Horizon devs learned and applied lessons from Breath of the Wild releasing immediately after the first Horizon game, effectively defining a new benchmark for open world games? And if y'all need a reminder, the year was 2017. The Switch was coming out. A little, little game called uh, Breath of the Wild came out and kind of uh, took the industry by storm. And Horizon, unfortunately, had the uh, ill timing to come out right next to that. Um, so I'm curious, you know, Kim and Greg, who have, who have played and beat Horizon, you know, are there any lessons you think they, that Gorilla learned from, from that experience? You go, and Kim. Like, yeah. Oh man, don't put it on me. <laughs> uh, you uh, know somebody what? who hasn't played the game, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, 
Yeah, this was what I was going to say. So many developers were influenced by Breath of the Wild. I mean, you talk, like, I've done so many interviews where that game comes up as inspiration or just like, wow, I really thought differently about, you know, open world games and, and stuff based on this. And, like, obviously, you know, they're with exploration and uh, the shield wing and all that, people will say, but they claim that they had the idea for the shield wing before for the last game but yeah and they couldn't implement it, it. so yeah. i i don't know if there's like i don't play this game and be like oh they totally like ripped off breath of the wild here they had so much influence here but do i think that like if they probably have like thought about the game in in some of the ways that they've implemented stuff probably you know you can't um deny how powerful that game was but that's that's just my opinion on it uh, yeah i think i think you can generalize the question right i mean mm -hmm. i think most devs have played breath of the wild and applied something or learned something mm -hmm. from that because that's when i talk and again i've never created a video game but the developers i talk to talk about playing games and that influence in their work all the time whether it's a ui idea or something like that yeah okay so the shield wing or whatever is, is something they thought about for the first one and couldn't do in time so you want to share whatever but like Clearly, the climbing it was mm -hmm. compared so much to it. And granted, we already talked about how you know we all janked our wall way up the <laughs> walls, you know, in the first one. So clearly, yeah. they need a solution for that, and this is there. But like from that, I mean, even in you know, you don't cook in uh, Forbidden West, but you do get ingredients to give to a chef to cook to make you a buff. And granted, that's also like a monster hunter kind of like. Yeah, there's so yeah. many different things yeah. that like the this type of game, this genre of game you can see how one influences another how something goes on like that and how you know i think even to this world that forbidden west is not to say horizon zero dawn's world wasn't fun to explore this one's way more fun to explore and it, it like we we're talking about earlier it, there is a lot for me of that there's a question mark over that bluff what's it going to be which was such a breath of the wild thing which was such a fallout three thing which was right. like yeah. it goes on the way that yes these influenced i don't think it was as direct as gorilla saw it, it was like we're doing that exactly yeah. the same you know what i mean or a little bit different even yeah I, I mean all art comes off the shoulders of other people but i really from my time with horizon it doesn't it felt like those were just natural progressions right mm -hmm. like playing like assassin's creed one to two right it just sure. felt like a natural progression of the combat natural progression of like the climbing and stuff like that and and you know having those systems so then they could implement it later i think we got to stop comparing everything to breath of the wild you know i i think that i think it, it it sets expectations to be like everything every open world game now needs to be a genre defining title and i think that's wrong i think ghost and horizon have shown now that it's like open worlds can still be great even though they 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 rely on some of those old uh, conceits of an open world right um and I think it's, I think it's dismissive to some developers too, where it's like, oh, you're just ripping off Breath of the Wild. It's like, sure, no, those like those systems came before Breath of the Wild, and yes, that game 100 percent like maybe did it best, but it doesn't mean like everything else is like derivative after that. Does it make sense? 100. I, I don't appreciate you taking this tone with Breath of the Wild, my friend. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, want to go feel, there? It feels like you're being a little bit of a hater, you know, a, hater. a little contrarian, you know because i don't think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread exactly <laughs> yeah I my number Lord one game dude. fight Come on. fight yeah. fight fight <laughs> <laughs> no i agree with you i don't think it, i as somebody who breath of the wild is my favorite game haven't played horizon like i said i made it a point trying to correct that soon yeah. um you're going to say i made a point to not play it i was like oh, who, oh who's no, the hater no, no. Now? <laughs> i'm yeah. looking forward to playing it 
Not yeah. every game needs to be Breath of the Wild, you know. It just doesn't make sense. Um, and also, like, it'll start being cookie cutter if everybody copies Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, dip, there's I, good. Their difference is good, you know. Yeah, and like I play a game like Horizon, I see influences from, you know, kind of what Greg talked about. You see the influences from multiple games, from different things. But like, these are things that just like developers are getting better at and putting in games. And you see how like one thing really um resonates with people and like you know we saw even assassin's creed build how that series progressed even with its rpg elements and building For out sure. the world and mm-hmm. i see some stuff from a set recent assassin's creed games and horizon and all that but i think it's just influence and it's where we've taken the technology and know-how for like what people like what works in these games and um but they're also building their own things i mean there's you know People can argue that Horizon has a little like the Monster Hunter feel with the big machines, but like I don't find like not many games I play make me feel the way I do when I'm fighting in those Horizon battles, you know, and Monster Hunter evokes a different like a different feeling for me, but also is like I'm fighting these larger than life beasts and that's really cool. Um, So I just think like, yeah, we're going to see influences all over things that seem similar, but uh, Mm. I don't think like benching it all on like this one game has changed is is now how everybody's gonna do it because i yeah. think developers like to have their own touch on their worlds as well for sure i do think i think the one lesson we're missing here is that uh herman holst walked his little cute butt over to nintendo and said hey uh delay breath of the wild too and nintendo's like yep we got gotcha. you, and that's the lesson they learned. They asked him to, to delay Breath of the Wild. So, listen, yeah. we know we kind of screwed you over that last time around. We'll fix it this time. <laughs> we'll take Sorry, one we'll, for we'll the team here. Yeah, yeah. Um, My sources have confirmed the story as well. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Game Informer Show. Uh, before we go and say goodbye, Greg, uh, if you have anything you want to promote, anything you're excited about, kind of funny, for now's sure. the time, my friend. Uh, yeah, you know, we talked about the top of the show a little bit. Like, we have a new review scale out there. So we're, you know, still reviewing games like we always have been for the past seven years. But, you know, trying to uh, get into a more, not I want to say controversial, or not uh, conversational controversy where you, uh, you get to that moment of, well, do you think it's good or do you think it's great? Or do you think, you know what I mean? Really forcing people like Blessing at Aoya Jr. to pick a side. So yeah. you can check those out usually <laughs> on the Kind of Funny Games cast, which goes up, of course, each and every week on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and podcast services around the globe. There you go. Fantastic. Awesome. If you had to rate this podcast on the kind of funny scale, what would you give it? Five out of five. Amazing. Come on. I was, I was, I was, there was only two ends of that spectrum. I was gonna, you were going to yeah. hit on. So. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. One out of yeah. five. Five. Yeah. Uh, Greg, thank you so much for, I know you're a busy man. Thank you so much for joining us. This is no, a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, please. It's been awesome. Good. I uh, hope you'll come back maybe in a, in a studio form one of these days. Oh, uh, that'd be awesome. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one day. Maybe if, if Cisco gets married again, you can come back to Minnesota. Exactly. That's yeah. the only, I only come through when Cisco has a life event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christening of his next child, maybe. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, viewers, <laughs> listeners thank you so much for joining us be sure like like share and subscribe that helps us a ton more than you know we appreciate your support be good to one another and we will see you next time bye everyone